Hey guys, this is episode number 178 on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Today we talk about theory versus reality. We bring up a little bit of Andrew Yang, we talk about some self-defense, and we talk about Mo buying real estate in the meta-universe. Check it out, guys. Yo. Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. A weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the jiu-jitsu of life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. Boom. So I've been, uh, I've been stealing your tactic lately. I've been, uh, how do I say, like... Reading until it no longer meets my fancy. No, I know, I know exactly how to put it. Because as we were saying, this is take three now, or take yes. five, maybe take ten. Thank but you. as we were saying in one of the earlier takes, that you know, I judge a lot of you know how I do things and whether or not it's the right way to do things. Even though we always talk about not prescribing to a particular method, I usually prescribe to my boy, my best friend <laughs> Carter's methods, right? jiu-jitsu, business, all that type of thing. And I was telling Will Caldwell recently, we were having uh, breakfast and I said, man, I used to feel so like something was wrong with me because I could never finish a book cover to cover. I was like, I don't know if it's, if it's my, you know, I don't know, maybe something's, something's wrong why I can't keep my focus. And um, I said, in Tool, I uh, read some of Naval's stuff. And Naval was saying that he's like, I rarely finish a book to the end, I read it until I get the gist of it. Yeah. And then I move on to something else. Yeah. Because I've always been the type of person. And now it's funny because Will is like, I'm doing the same thing now because Will was a cover to cover guy. Yeah. And now he'll like, I'll, uh, you know, I'll look at the books that I have in my library and I'll see, okay, which one do I feel motivated about reading? And I'll read a passage or a chapter in it. Yeah. And then the next day I'll pick up another book and do the other thing. Because for me at this point, reading books is more about like, motivating me for that day you know and i just got to read yeah. what i'm feeling in tune with that day that makes yeah. sense as opposed to i gotta get to the end of the book so i can yeah. say that i finished the book and then i can yeah. start a new book yeah yes yeah yeah it's it's funny because you're doing well yeah and i mean i always had there, there was always ones where i'd read start reading i'm like there's just no way i'm getting through this um but like lately it's been I'm definitely getting snobbier about books. I'm getting snobbier about like jujitsu instructional videos where I'm like, I see what someone's doing. I'm like, oh, okay, I got the got the basic idea. And I used to be like, well, I mean, who am I to say that I understand this idea? I should watch this thing all the way through. And now I'm just like, eh, time is valuable. Life is short. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but it but it was just funny because you know we you and I were talking about this on on take number six uh, that um, you know I was going through. Andrew Yang's books, because I, I have two of his books, and he seems like a likable, smart guy, and he's been pretty successful doing a bunch of different things, but he has this book, and his whole thing is about UBI, Universal Basic Income. What were you going to say? Tell people who, really quick, that might not know, oh, follow so, they may not even follow politics, who yeah. Andrew Yang is. So he, um, he was a guy who was a lawyer for a short amount of time, then he Start up a couple of different businesses, ended up being part of one that became very successful and sold. So he made a lot of money doing that. And then he started a nonprofit that was pretty successful as well. And then he ran for president of the United States um, this past time, 2020. 
And then he just ran for mayor of New York City as well. So lost in both of those. And now he's started a, uh, a new political party uh, called the Forward Party. And I think it's sort of the idea of, which I do like, it's sort of the idea of when I listen to Dr. Zubin Demaya, Dr. Z-Dog, where he talks about the alt-middle and how he's like, you know, I want to get people into the alt-middle and find a party based on things that we have in common versus the idea that, well, I don't like these guys or I don't like that those guys. And I'm like, I, I, I like that. So if that's kind of the idea, I'm down with it. Um, but I was reading Yang's books and he has this idea of like universal basic income, which long story short is paying everybody a thousand bucks a month. And it was interesting because I think that the sense I got from reading this book and reading this part of the book, because as I said, I did not finish the book, is from his background, he said he went to Exeter, which is a boarding school, an East Coast boarding school, and then he went to like an Ivy League college and an Ivy League law school and, you know, got into different startups and was successful doing this and this. And I'm like, you know, there's a danger of being somebody who's highly educated and only around successful people. Because when you're dealing with people who don't, pardon my language, don't have their shit together, there's almost like sort of a nobility that people put on it. And when they, because they have no experience with it, like, oh, that must be terrible. And like, they have no poor friends. They didn't grow up poor. They didn't grow up around anybody poor. They don't know any, like, they just never interacted with people like that. And it's just kind of funny because that's what it felt like this idea of, oh, you just give people a thousand bucks a month and, oh my God, they'll have all this time for poetry and this and that. And I'm like, whew. <laughs> This dude needs to work in the mobile home business for a little while because he'll, he'll change his tune quickly. And it's just funny because, you know, because of various secret things that Mo has done in a previous life, which we will not discuss on this podcast, as well as Mo's business in the mobile <laughs> home business, um, probably as well as being in the gi business. So dealing with jujitsu school owners and things like that. And then my experience dealing with sort of low end rental properties and mobile homes and, and things like that. Um, you meet a lot of people who don't have it together. And you meet a lot of people that are just poor. I mean, when you're dealing with mobile home people and mobile home parks, for the most part, you're dealing with people that are, are relatively poor. And yet, especially when you're taking payments from people, you kind of get to know them because there's people that I've been taking payments for four, five, six years. That's kind of a long time to, to have a, a business relationship with somebody every month. And some of these people have been incredible. I mean, they every month, I get that money right on the spot, like maybe with a little follow-up to make sure I got it. Like there's never any problems. They are true professionals in this deal. And then there's other people. Well, good God. I have to threaten foreclosure over and over again. I have to do this. I have to do that. It's like if it's the husband, I have to call the wife. If it's the wife, I have to call the husband. It's this thing like over and over again, and it's always an excuse. It's always not my fault. It's this, da, 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 da. And, you know, you and I were talking because it's like there's the Andrew Yang people of the world. They're going to look at me as the villain. And I am dressed in black today, so I am wearing villain clothing. But it's like because I'm this greedy guy. It's like, oh, you can afford it. You can, but it's only 500 bucks or it's only 300. Why do you care? Da, 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 da. But it's interesting because when you've never had to deal with people less fortunate than you in a business relationship, 
it's very easy to get sort of a clouded view on this poor person, like, or, you know, oh, how can I help this person versus when you actually are working with someone, and in my opinion, you are helping them, but it is a business relationship for both of you. You might think about it differently because it's, or you're going to think about it in a more nuanced way because there's, there's many that I've dealt with who've been, I would say 90% who've been incredibly grateful. It's, and I've been grateful to find them and it's been great back and forth. And, and I really would love to continue to do business with people like that for the rest of my life. And then there's been that 10%, you know, the, the instance where I got sued and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this, this woman who like buys this home, literally makes no payments on it and is somehow making me out to be the scoundrel. And then I spend another $20,000 trying to help this woman getting her new septic tank, a new air conditioning, blah, blah, blah. And then all this happens and I still don't get paid and then I get sued on top of that. And it's like, there's people like that. And then there's the 90% that are pleasant and, and good to work with and all that. And it's just interesting to me when someone's like, oh, you just, we just need to pay people a little more money and then that'll change everything. And I'm like, you know, people get used to anything. Like people can be, you, you hear people talk about it that have been in prison. It's like you get used to being in prison. You hear this, I hear this from very wealthy people. I've, I, I remember hearing it from a guy years ago where he's like, I moved into this neighborhood where I'm, I'm literally living in a mansion. I'm surrounded by people living in mansions. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden it's Thursday and it's like the trash cans are out. I'm like, I guess Thursday's trash day. Takes the and he's like, you know, after a couple months, it's just like, oh, there's Bob. Hey, Bob. Like you see people running, eh. like you're used to it. You can get used to prison. You can get used to living in a mansion. And this idea that you're just going to pay people a thousand bucks a month and everything's going to be great. It's like, no, they're just going to get used to having a thousand bucks a month. And now it's going to be like, well, so is everybody else. So now it's like, well, why can't I charge a little bit more for this? You get a thousand bucks. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, hey, you know, it would be better than a thousand bucks a month. Two thousand bucks a month. And it's just. This whole idea of like, you're just going to throw a little money and now people are going to have all the money they need and everything's going to be fine. It's like, it just struck me as incredibly like somebody who'd been in academia and had been around successful people and it never really dealt with the people that they're trying to help. Like they dealt with them in just a strictly like, oh, it's a non, like, okay, you deal with it in a nonprofit. Well, that's great. But try dealing with it in a profit where you're not just getting people that are giving you money to feel good and, oh, let's, the purpose is to lose money. Try doing something where you're trying to make money because if you want to help a community, one of the things that helps a community more than anything is businesses in the community. Like that's that's one of the main things like that you see, I think, with, with, when you have places that are undeveloped or whatever. If you can get businesses to come in and start doing well, you can start hiring local people, you can start doing all these things. So it's nice to say like, oh, this nonprofit helped all, oh, great, but show me a profit that's helping these people because that to me is the real test. And so it was just, it was just interesting to kind of read that and kind of get the point. And that's when I was like, I put the brakes in the book. I'm like, I just, I disagree with your premise. And it's like, you, cause everything else was, you have to buy into this premise. And then he's like talking about all the things people are going to do because they're like, Oh, we're going to, all these jobs are going to be eliminated by artificial intelligence. It's going to get rid of, you're going to have self-driving trucks. So there's going to be no more truck drivers. And again, that struck me as naive in terms of like, just because jobs are eliminated doesn't mean there's no more jobs. I mean, you look at the service industry right now, everybody I know who works in that or people I know who own like restaurants and stuff like that, they can't keep anybody hired. They're, they're desperate to find people to work. 
So this idea of like, oh, we're going to automate away all the jobs. It's like the jobs are just going to change. We've had automation for over 100 years. I mean, like, is the horse and buggy operator like when that guy can no longer be a horse and buggy because there's cars like like the guy just kills himself or whatever? It's like this weird because it's like trying to help people, but it's being very condescending towards people at the same time. It's like saying to guys who've driven trucks, which is not an easy gig because you have to stay awake for long periods of time. It's really boring. It's kind of dangerous. And it's crazy time crunches where it's like, you got to get it. You got to, you're in Florida, you got to California in 22 hours, go, you know, crazy stuff like that. Right. It's like saying to guys who do that, oh, if you can't drive a truck anymore, well, I guess you just, you're just going to not know. What are you going to do? You're going to walk around with a steering wheel and not know what to do. And you're just going to stare at the wall all day. It's like, how condescending is that? Like somebody can do this hard job and that job is no longer available. So they're just, they just give up on life. That's what you think about people. It's, it's like this weirdly condescending thing on people you're trying to help. So I don't know where I'm going with all this. I'm sorry, Andrew Yang. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the no, podcast. But. I, I think that there's an important point to it all. And when I'm, when I'm hearing this, and we've discussed this before, and I think it's it's only right that we discuss it again because it's it's very um, relatable to Andrew Yang's book, and that is there's always a difference between theory theory versus reality, right? Yes. And what's funny is what I have seen in my past professions in business is that the people that often because man that is such a powerful thing that you said that people that uh, sometimes make these suggestions are looking at the nobility of what they're saying. It sounds such like a noble thing to do yes. to give people a thousand dollars a month. But people that often deal in theory as opposed to reality are usually people that have never dealt with the reality of what they are being theoretical on. Yes. So yeah. what I'm saying is people that said, let's defund the police. Yeah. I can almost guarantee you the majority, this is on theory, it seems like a good practice. People will come together and they'll police themselves and protect their communities. Yeah. These are people that probably have never been victimized. Yes. Talk to people that have been victimized, people that have been raped, that have been robbed at gunpoint. And I have spoken to these people. And what they tell me is that they want more of a police presence, yes. not less of a police presence, right? So there is this idea of theory versus reality. Again, when you're talking about economics, when you're talking about, you know, uh, helping the poor, theory versus reality, giving $1,000 a month to people, that's not how you help them. When you say, let's let the homeless people camp wherever they want, yeah. this is theory versus reality. That was more political than anything, but it helped no one. You get, no. You're not addressing the root problem, right? Yeah. And a lot of the times, the root problem when it comes to money issues is, first and foremost, you have to be accountable to yourself, right? This idea that you can blame everybody else and you are never to blame. For example, let's use your, your example. When yeah. you know, you're a landlord and you're trying to help this person, you're giving them a very nice place to live at a very reasonable rate, and yeah. somehow you become the villain because they're late on their rent. That makes no sense. The person that's late on the rent should have to be accountable, right? I think Jocko would agree with me on this one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he would. You have to have this extreme ownership yeah. and be like, look, it's not what Carter did to me. It's what am I not doing to be able to pay my rent 
yeah. on time, yeah. right? Yeah. Theory versus reality. You see theory versus reality a lot of times in self-defense. If you want to yes. take it to jujitsu yeah. and martial arts, Absolutely. see this a lot of times. I think uh, uh, on YouTube they have the memes, the McDojo, right? And that's yeah. what you're making fun of. You're yeah. you're like, in theory, I can pull this gun out of your hand. Yes. And it's anyone that's ever been in any sort of combat and has ever had a gun put to their face is like, no, that's. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that is, but it's definitely not reality. Yeah. Uh, if you want to stay alive. <laughs> yes. It's funny because theory you know, versus so, reality. Theory yeah. always sounds better, right? It does. Oh, a big one is uh, communism. Yes. Is it on, on paper? Sounds great. This sounds like a great theory. Yeah. You know what? People are gonna work together. Yeah. Man. Have you ever, I've told you this before, this is where I got, this is where I was like, no, I, I, I like capitalism so much better. And, I, and I'll tell you why. The harder I work, the more I should get rewarded. I believe in that. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because when I was in high school, we had a group project. We had several group projects. When I was in the university, we had several group projects. Yep. And it was always me and maybe one other person that did all the work. Yep. And yet we would get like a 90 and the other five people in the group that did nothing would share that 90. And yeah. I thought to myself, how unfair was that? Like they went out, they party, they didn't study, they didn't participate, yeah. they didn't do anything. And yet they're making the same grade as me. Yeah. Like that just, it's completely unfair. And yeah. that's what communism is, right? Like if you think that everybody's going to participate at the same level, you are delusional. Yes. This is theory versus reality. Yeah. So how do you solve that? Well, you reward people more based on the effort that they put in, right? That's basically capitalism. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's funny taking it back to the self-defense stuff because we've been I've been training with uh, Justin a lot lately. Shout out to Justin, man. He's he's such an interesting guy. He's a stunt man, and he's so he's like KC. He's like super well versed in everything. Like he's done stick fighting. He's done stick fighting for real too. There's one of his fights on YouTube where like it's like an MMA fight with sticks. And they got hot, like lacrosse helmets <laughs> and gloves. That's wild, and dude, man. Dude, by the end of the fight, he's elbowing this dude in the face, and the guy quits. And I'm like, dude, you're the real deal. And this is a long time ago too. He was like a young guy at the point. So Justin does a lot of weapon stuff, a lot of knife stuff. And knife stuff to me is some of the most most notoriously horrible self defense you see because everything is like, the knife is in front, like we are jousting. And someone does a knife joust, and the guy goes, rah, rah, whoom, throws the knife or gets the knife somehow. But then when you look at knife fights, like actual fights you see from like security cameras and prisons and wherever it might be on the world, every single one that you see is the guy grabs with his front hand and stabs with his backhand, grab and stab every time. So what I like about what Justin does and what Casey and all that is it's they figure out the basic stuff like, okay, these are the things that might work. Let's spar it out and figure it out. Let's do the real work of seeing if it works. And that's to me the difference between like the hokey self-defense and then finding stuff that really works. And then the reality, the conclusion that they reach, which is what I like the best is that at best, I'm gonna probably be bleeding so badly that I might bleed to death, but more than likely if he's good, I'm gonna die. That's what's gonna happen if I fight somebody and he's got a knife and I don't. And it's. It's nice to hear that because I think that's true. And yet you have all these guys who like, you know, it's usually these sort of like out of shape, nerdy people that are like, oh, I don't really want to do self-defense, but I can do a knife. And it's like, okay, 
Fair enough. I mean, like, and they just do all this like fancy schmancy stuff that doesn't work. And I think that any self-defense, I think the problem with, you know, when you talk, even jujitsu, I think is still notorious for it when they're like self-defense jujitsu. And it's like, what is it? It's like, oh, these are the 30 forms that you have to do. And it's like, guy grabs your throat, you hip throw him over and arm lock him. Guy grabs your wrist, grab my other wrist, bro. And like, you do this and that. And it's like, that to me is like, I think the reason people don't like training jujitsu that way is because it's not the jujitsu that we like. It's not the alive problem solving jujitsu. It's the static, almost like traditional karate BS self-defense stuff. Cause it's like, oh, this guy grabs me and I throw him. And I'm like, does he just die at that point? Or like, like you're still in a fight. It's man. Napoleon Dynamite karate, right? Where it's yeah, like, it, grab yeah. my wrist. And he's like, no, grab my other wrist. Yes, exactly. And it's, so it's, I think that, um, with all these things, the theory is nice, but you got to test the theory. And that's the thing that I didn't like about the Yang book or whatever. And is that, and he, you know, to his, to his credit, he actually did test it out a little bit. He did give money to people and things like that. But to me, with, with all these theories, most of them involve people getting excited about the idea of the theory versus in our world, especially when it's like martial arts stuff or whatever, it's like, all right, let me try this out. Let me see. Because there's been some things that I've seen. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. And as soon as I try it, I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. Like this is, this looks nice, but there's, there's a big problem with this. Or, or we got to work through it, To me, it's a, it's a marketing ploy. A hundred percent. Like if I wanted to get people to vote for me, it's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, what goes on in high school when you were running for politics, yeah. like class president, yeah. is no different it's the same thing. than what's going on as an adult. Yeah. They make you these false promises that are going to, it's like clickbait. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, that sounds great. So if I wanted you to vote for me, I would propose, hey, you know what? Andrew Yang said he'll give you a thousand bucks a month. Guess what? I'll give you three thousand bucks a month <laughs> for free. Yes. Yep. You know, and then yep. you vote for me. And no, you're probably not going to see that. Right. Yep. I mean, that's that typically is what happens. And yet yeah. people continuously make the same mistakes. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. they never learn. They just continue to complain about politicians lying. They are not going to stop lying. Yeah. That is why do not rely on a politician to help you. Yes. You have to help yourself. Yes. Theory versus reality. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the that's thing that, that's the thing that really bugs me is that, you know, you and I talk a lot about people improving themselves, improving their lives, all that kind of stuff. And it's always the same basic theory about the idea, the same basic principles of the idea of, you know, personal responsibility and, and taking ownership and, and learning how to build businesses and finances and, and all that kind of stuff. And yet I listen to politician after politician talk to group after group, and they literally give them the opposite advice to the point where I'm like, do they just want people to fail? I feel like they do because that's what's going to keep them in power as politicians. But it's crazy because I'm like, you literally would never give a person that advice ever under any circumstances if you wanted them to actually succeed on an individual level. So why is it on a community level you give them the exact opposite device, advice that you give an individual person? It, it makes no sense to me and it's just, it's endlessly frustrating. And I think that, you know, I see this in business a lot too with, with the, uh, the guru market where it's like, you have all these people and I get, cause I am real estate. So I see a lot of this stuff with like house flipping or whatever they're like, cause I just got an email like yesterday and I know the guy actually, I've, met, I've talked to him before. I know who he is, but I'm just getting his automated email and it's like, Hey Carter, 
You interested in making an extra five to $50,000 per deal? Why don't you click here and we'll set up a call. And it's just one of these things where it's like, I've been doing real Sign estate. Me up. I, I looked at it the other day and it's like, I, I've done approximately like 150 transactions in real estate, somewhere around there. I, and buying, selling, renting, whatever, maybe more than that, so, but somewhere at least 150, right? And I would say 90% of the deals have been pretty good. That 10% is always, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, and all those things. And it's just funny because there's no way I could ever promise that to anybody because the reality is you try and do the right things, you try and buy it at the right point, but you're always taking sort of a calculated risk and a gamble. And sometimes it's gonna work great. There's been ones where it's like, I literally have done nothing to the house, literally not one thing. Sold it, made 50 grand, boom, beautiful. There's been other ones where it's like, you know, I've done all this work, done all these things, boom, broke even, lost money. That's happened too. Yes. Why did one work perfectly and one not? I don't know. I have no idea. Like literally, I've had ones where it's like literally in the same neighborhood. And I've had one where it sold immediately, made a bunch of money. The other one took six months to sell. Why? People can never accept that though. I they can never accept, I don't know. They want you to give them an answer, even if the answer is completely wrong. Yeah. It's theoretical. It, it, you know, it would never, it would never happen. But people just want to be told definitively one way or the. That's why these gurus make so much money. Yeah. It's because people don't want to figure it out for themselves. No. They want someone to tell them what the answer is, and a lot of times the answer is you're going to go have to figure it out yourself. Yes. But you're going to figure it out for yourself once you waste a bunch of money on the guru. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. and that's, that's, that's typically what happens. Going back to the, I mean, one of the best examples of this is recently. Uh, Ryan Shinto is over at uh, Jiu Jitsu and, um, you know, finished the class. We're about to break out for open mat. And as we're about to break out for open mat, he was like, just one suggestion. He's like, um, if you guys uh, are um, about to start rolling and you guys are both on your knees, like one of you just go down and 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 um, start from there. He goes, because you guys both being on your knees is just completely unrealistic. It yes. would never happen unless yes. you're like wrestling with your children. And I thought it was, I thought it was so true and so funny. And a shout out yeah. to Ryan Chinch. I saw him at yes. the UT game. I was telling yeah. you that he's like yeah. the best, one of the, I dude. love that guy. He's yeah. One of yeah. the best guys I know. His yeah. jujitsu is, is awesome. And I'm he's so happy good. to get coached on. So yeah. yeah. But yeah. going back to reality versus I, I did that like from white belt almost all the way up until brown belt, right? I mean, I still catch myself doing it from times where I'm like, I get on my knees and we're like wrestling, like chicken fighting, yeah. you know, in the pool or something, yeah. you know? And I was like, well, why, why are we doing this? That's, that's the thing. And, and, you know, Casey and I always talk about this, like keeping things in context of being like, cause I mean, I love jujitsu, but I, I like the idea of being able to do it with strikes, whatever that is, MMA or self-defense or whatever we want to call it. And so anytime we work in ground positions, it's always like, well, well, how did we get here? And what is the objective going forward? Is it to just tap the dude out? Is it to get back to your feet? Is it to get back to your feet and get your weapon? Like, cause that kind of changes what you're doing, the intensity with what you're doing or the, the intent behind what you are doing. And, you know, I don't think that people necessarily, like I hear like a lot of times people are like, oh, Jiu-Jitsu's got the craziest bunch of nerd tough guys. I mean, this computer program, like, he'll just choke you unconscious. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys, I mean, Jiu-Jitsu are good on the ground, but like 
to pretend that that means that the computer programmer nerd dude is going to randomly fight some random person and that's what's going to happen, maybe. But most fights I've seen start standing up and usually involve a little bit of the old fisticuffs. So this idea that that translates to that, not maybe. If you've been training it, you probably can. But if you haven't, if you just start you know, doing the dwarf on golf on your knees every time like everyone does, it's like, man, that's a, that's a big difference between doing that and actually adding strikes in and things like that. And it's like, which again, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, and I think there's a lot of people that nowadays start jujitsu strictly for the sport of jujitsu. Or nowadays it's even, they do it with a gi, they do it no gi. And there's no ever, there's no even thought about there being strikes. Cause I see it like sometimes somebody will get errantly hit or whatever. And they're like, oh, oh, they're like freaking out. I'm like, really? Like this is supposed to be self-defense and it's not like you got clocked hard. Like it's just an errant whatever. And it's just like drama, like throwing the music or whatever, like moment. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a craggly old man about it. It reminds me of like the three of you. Do you remember that one of the scenes in three amigos when they think it's real, like yeah. they think it's fake. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, let me see that gun. Let me see yeah. the gun. Yeah. And he, you know, gets the gun. He's like, aha, uh -huh. real bullets, guys, real bullets. <laughs> What a bunch of amateurs. That is a, that is a classic <laughs> film, yeah. my friend. So it's, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's It's been, I think if you can have that overarching idea of theories sound nice, but I'm going to figure out a way to test them, I feel it's a test better the way theory. to live. I feel it's a better way to live because it's like that's, that's really Before the- Before you implement it into reality, right? Yes. Yeah. Test the theory- Yes. And, and think about this in, in, in some of the, you know, the greatest scientists in the world. This is what we typically or this is what they typically do. Nobody goes into space without first doing like unless you're Jeff Bezos, I guess. But no, I don't know. He probably he probably, did, you know, they've, they've done a, probably done a lot. But like yeah. like NASA is not going to send astronauts in, onto the moon without, you know, doing simulation after simulation after yeah. simulation to try to test out the theory. And then even then it's still a theory and, and they're, they're, they're taking those risks until it's not a theory anymore because they actually do it, right? Yeah. But what's scary nowadays is that people actually propose, propose laws, legislations, all those types of things yeah. on things that are purely theory, never yes. been tested, yes. no simulation, yeah. none of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, I think we saw a lot of this. It's funny too, I mean, and I'll just, we can we keep getting political it doesn't matter um like with covid stuff because you know i have a few friends i still have a few friends in la and it's interesting to talk to them about covid things because they're a lot more afraid of covid than i ever was right and just kind of like i one of my buddies i've known the guy for a long time and he's like yeah man i don't know like my office has like these small elevators and i don't want to be around confined spaces around people and you know my gym is a little small i'm like are you really worried about like it was just it was weird to me and this is you know a year plus ago that he was talking like that and you know california did all these things and people still walk around outside wearing masks and blah 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 blah. and it's like you look at the last month of like the delta variant in california and it's gone down precipitously and then we have the great state of texas where depending on what part of you know where i'm at people are still there's volunteer masking and a lot of people do it not this hero, but other people. Um, but then we got, you know, where Mo lives, where more of the real people live, where they're like, 
mask rhymes with schmask, baby. I'm not wearing one of those. And what happened? The rates went down basically the same also. Because it's like you have all this theory of like, well, we did a study in Bangladesh that said this, but then there was this Danish study that said this. It's like, you don't really know. And it's like, well, why did all these things go down? You don't really know. Because they're like, well, it went down because of social distancing. And man, I'm like, but I didn't see a whole lot of social distancing and masking here. And it went down the same. Like, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's almost reminds me of um, the Jim Rohn thing where it's like, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. Why does it do that? I don't know. Because to me, it's like one of these things where it's like, well, it's not safe for them. I'm like, there's lots of things that aren't safe. I see people riding bicycles all the time without helmets. I see people on motorcycles without helmets. I see lots of overweight people. I see lots of people smoking cigarettes. I see people drinking. I see people doing all sorts of things that aren't healthy. That's freedom. You have the freedom to make bad decisions. And it's like this weird thing that it's like, they're like, oh, well, it could affect other people. I'm like, but those other people are vaccinated or their children, in which case they're probably they're going to be statistically fine. So who are you worried about? You're just worried about unvaccinated. You're worried about unvax on unvax crime, baby. And it's like, you know what? People have had enough time now. If they've chosen to be that, then, yeah, they may get each other sick. And there's there's people I know. I mean, who is that why you is that why a vaccinated person would be wearing a mask is to pro- is to protect those that are still unvaccinated? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rationale. And, and I read through that Bangladesh study because it took forever to find the damn thing because everything's just like it showed significant blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, finally found the study itself. It was like hundreds of thousands of people in villages in Bangladesh. Some they, they made wear masks, some they didn't. Even the ones they made, only about 45 percent of the people wore masks. They had I think it was eight and a half percent of the population not wearing masks got covid seven and a half percent wearing masks got COVID. And they're like, oh, but no, it's statistically significant because blah, 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 blah. And they're like, people under 50, it shows a possibly an 11% increase in, in effectiveness of not getting COVID. I'm like, 11%. We're going to do all this for 11%. You go ahead, because I'm not doing that. Like, like, if it was like, oh, it shows a 60% reduction or whatever, I'm like, eight and a half percent versus seven and a half percent. A 1% difference in, in populations that got it and didn't versus, you know, mass versus unmasked. And I'm like, and this is your big study. Because I'm like, clearly all these articles only saw, only read that it was statistically significant and didn't look at the actual statistics. Because I'm like, if you did, and I'm not great at statistics, so I could be making a mistake, but from what I can tell, it didn't make much of a difference. No, but you know what the solution is going to be for a lot of these people that are like, and eh, I'll just live in my house for the yeah. forever yeah. because I'm scared of COVID, but I'm also scared of the vaccination. Yeah. Right. Um, it's going to there is the solution is to live in the metaverse. Yeah. Where there is no disease. <laughs> I'm going to. Yes, I'm going to. I'm going to create the metaverse. Living and that's what we're going to. It's going to be like Ready Player One, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Never gonna, yeah, that's it. Dude, I, it's funny because that's I how I interact. Like I know a guy like that who who um finally was I can guarantee you someone listening to this right now is like, yeah, Mo, that sounds great. That yes, sounds pretty that good. That is the solution. Hey, maybe Mo should run for president. <laughs> I, dude, I, I would support that. I wish you run for mayor of Austin, <laughs> Jesus. Um, or city council in Austin. But um yeah, it's it's just crazy, man, because I think that, you know, I've said this before, like I think there's people that were just looking for something like COVID to come along so they could live the life they wanted to live, which was isolate themselves from everything. Like, I think there's people that just wanted that. And now it's like, they're having trouble letting it go. 
But I think this is a great thing about being a jiu-jitsu person or, or, you know, combat athlete in general is that like most jiu-jitsu guys I know never stop training at all. I mean, I stopped for maybe, Mo- yeah, I would, I would say most of them. There was, there was maybe like 1% of people that I knew that were like, I am completely stopping jujitsu. Yeah. But like 99% of the people that I know that do jujitsu were like, man, yeah. if I die, I die. And I'm not yeah. saying that that was right no, but, or whatever, but they but, had their priorities set, right? Yeah. And that's the, the freedom that they had. They were like, hey, look, if somebody yeah. wants to train with me, I'm definitely down to train because yeah. jujitsu is good for my life. It's good for my mental health. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 there, and there did. was... You know, I mean, and I, I have known of, I don't I don't think I knew them directly, but I've known of people who have died of COVID that were jujitsu people that maybe they got it from training. I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, that, that is a reality. Um, with freedom comes risk. And it's like, to me, it's like, as an adult, you should be able to accept the responsibility for the risk. And there we go. And it's this whole idea that we're all children now. It's like, you can act like one, but I'm not, you're not going to treat me like one. So... Um, I think like kind of being in things like that and it's funny being in combat stuff and then being in real estate and construction, like that didn't miss a beat at all. Cause it's like, and, and I know lots of construction guys that got COVID, but it's like, you can't do construction via zoom. You know what I mean? You can't build a building on zoom. So it's like for people, I think that had more blue collar working class, actually doing things with their hands, it was never an option. It's only the people that could zoom their life away that were like, oh, maybe this is kind of good. I can just get all my groceries to deliver it and blah, blah, blah. Like they were already on that path anyway. But I think people that are out there in the real world that are testing out that theoretical, they had no choice. So I, I think that, yes. uh, I don't know. To, to me, it's like- Most me, building in the metaverse. You build that yeah, metaverse. I'm building in the metaverse, man. I'm building big buildings. I'm buying real estate in the metaverse. They're already selling real estate in the metaverse. Really? Did you know that? I bet they are. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. And building like like a whole electrical company. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's interesting. super interesting to me. That's yeah. like a like a sort of um you heard like, it here first. Buying real estate in the metaverse is like buying real estate in Manhattan before it was Manhattan. Is that right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Mo is not a, what should I say? I, what do they all say? I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. This is merely my opinion on what Mo is, is, uh, is doing, but most, Mo's, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't mind a little bit of risk. I like it's, risk. It's an interesting idea though. It, it is interesting to think about, um, unconventional types of property. Like when they talk about in Manhattan about air rights, about the, the rights of the air above a building and, and how people like to buy that because, then you can prevent there from ever being an obstructing view if you're building apartment buildings and things like that. Um, you know, with the idea of Bitcoin and things like that, and uh, you know the the virtual world, buying property, you know, buying domain names is a big thing that people will do. They'll buy domain names and try and flip those and stuff like that. So it's it's an interesting idea. I think it, you know, maybe it will have some legs at some point. Um, I mean, it, it it does make sense. So. I don't know. Though maybe there'll be com- competing metaverses, just kind of like the way there's competing uh, crypto too, and we'll see which metaverse wins out. Maybe we're already living in the metaverse. A lot you of don't people even know that. it. A lot of people say that yeah. they say everything's a simulation. You're in a simulation. I, I always think about that. And I'm like, so you're gonna tell some starving kid in Africa, ah, it's not real. It's a simulation. You're fine. Like, I, to me, it always it always break. It, simulation works great if you have like a certain amount of money 
and like enough free time to think about this. But I'm like, I th just think about anyone from a third world country. I'm like, simulation, huh? Okay. Yeah, tell people in a third world country, there is no spoon. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> exist. This is all just a computer program. You're in the matrix. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on the miserable side of the matrix. They, they never showed that part <laughs> of the matrix, did they? <laughs> How come they didn't shoot the, the it all seemed miserable. I would have been I would have been cipher all day. I would have been like, I know this steak's not real, but I like the way it tastes. Yeah. So I want to I want to come back as someone super rich. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to remember anything. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Theory versus reality. Which side yes. are you on? To check out this episode again or to see our other episodes, go to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Also, check us out on Apple iTunes. Like, review, subscribe. Shout out to our sponsor, Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic. Robles, we make custom geese. Yellow Pine Investments makes custom warehouses. Check them out. Check out our boy, Calum Callista, Sneaky Submissions. He's dropping his seven, uh, his second DVD on sneaky submissions. This is going to be the Nogi version, so I can't wait to check it out. Hopefully, nice. he can get me an autographed copy. I would love <laughs> that. Uh, Steve Wardensky, Jiu-Jitsu on the go. Make sure you check out that platform. Uh, it's super, super good way to supplement your training. Uh, also, be sure to check out Chaparral Moving. If you're in the Austin area, they have Moving Down to a Science. I'm Mo. That is my brother, Carter. As always, we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat. <laughs>